Hello and welcome to KIOS at the Movies. I'm your host Joshua LeBure, and today I'm here with Patrick Kenny and Diana Martinez from Film Streams, and we're going to discuss the film Emma. Emma is a captivating experience. It's vibrant, it's beautiful, it's challenging, and it lingers long after you finish it. The film starts right after Emma and Gaston, a married couple and part of an experimental dance troupe in Chile, give up the child they adopted together. They blame each other as their marriage crumbles, and Emma sets off to burn the world down around her. Emma is deeply manipulative, destructive, and her aims are liberation from patriarchy, conformity, and societal pressures or expectations. But at what cost? I see a person longing to be an anarchist, a revolutionary, but coming from a deeply misguided, reactionary stance that may be all too prevalent in our turbulent political landscape. I love a film that challenges me. This film did, and I think you'll get that from this conversation. Patrick and Diana, thanks for joining me. Let's talk about Emma. I need to get your initial reactions. Wow, initial reactions to a movie like Emma. It's so much of a movie. There's so much going on with it. There's things about it that I really, like individual elements that I really loved, but it's kind of a puzzle of a movie, both in its construction and in the way that it leaves you feeling or the way that it left me feeling. I'll just say, let's start with what I loved the most, which was the reggaeton, the dancing. I loved all of the dance scenes so much. The movie looked so incredible. It was impossible to take. I found it impossible to take my eyes off of it. Um, My first impression was two years ago. (laughs) So I saw this film at the 2019 Toronto Film Festival, which was the last so in 2020, Toronto was um, virtual. And so I saw it in person on the big screen um, in Toronto. And since then, it was supposed to be released in 2020. Music Box Films held off on it and are finally releasing it after two years. I'm going to be honest, I had very complicated feelings about it when I first saw it. But within that space of the two years, I have not stopped thinking about it. And I'm so excited that people can finally see it so that I can talk about it because I've been thinking about this film and how like complicated it is in terms of its themes. It is gorgeous. Like you have to see this on the big screen. Like that's, that's part of what held my attention. Like there's dance sequences. One of the characters is a dancer um, and they're just beautiful. And like, they have these cool colors and it's just like, it's really a set piece. My, my first impression was not, uh, was not a resounding yay, but I think it is now. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, because, yeah, it's this beautiful package of a movie, but you're spending an hour and a half with very difficult, well, one extremely difficult person mm-hmm. and one of the other, like one of the supporting characters, the main supporting character. I don't know. I didn't really 
care for him either but still the experience is like compelling i don't know i mean i'm gonna say like i feel like maybe i love this movie (laughs) because i feel like there are movies (laughs) that with the first impression leave me like oh my god that was amazing but i don't think about them for the next two years of my life (laughs) and like this film has just come up again and again and every time i'm like what what was that film (laughs) what is it saying what is it about That's a huge thing that I've been thinking about where like we see in the, you know, in the theater business or whatever, in the art house business, we see so many, many movies come and go. And I would say like half of the movies that everybody loves, you know, we're talking about the critical darlings, 90% or better on Rotten Tomatoes, half of those disappear. They do not stay Mm -hmm. in the conversation, even though they were so lauded. It's these difficult movies like this one or right now in theaters, there's a movie called Annette. That's mm-hmm. like kind of a mess, kind of um, it's huge. It's uh, got a lot going on, but it's polarizing. And I think Emma is amazing one of these movie as well. Ama- yeah. Like, I think these are the movies that are going to stand the test of time that people like actually talk about for years because there is something there is like a cost of entry. Do you know what I mean? Like you have to invest in these movies in order to like stick with them to stick it out. I don't know. I agree with y- y'all that the film is beautiful. I mean, I think that's one thing that the director, Pablo Larraín, is absolutely known for, is having gorgeous films. Jackie is beautiful. Naruda is beautiful. I'm okay, and I and I get excited. Like, when this film started, I was like, this is, like, the kind of films that, like, when I was first getting into cinema, I used to see more often. And these are the kind of exciting films that attract me to film, things that are difficult and challenging, and I'm okay with, like a complicated character and a main character who I might even hate. Um, <laughs> and, but I think that the the most complicated thing for me is like, I wish that we had Brett on again to talk about it because I think it's the politics of the film that bother me the most where I think that the overall message is a positive one, but it's the means to getting there that I think are deeply somebody that thinks they're an anarchist, but they're actually a reactionary like (laughs) proto-fascist. I mean, I see where you're going like in general, but as far as it applies to the movie, I don't know. I did not think it ended up in a good place. I didn't, (laughs) I was like very uneasy with the way that it ended. Like, it was creepy crawly to me. It's very, very hard to talk about this film without talking about the ending, and I'm going to try to resist. But yeah, I no, do I... have to say that I think in the end, the thing that gave me some feelings of, like, making it complicated over me just hating the movie was I think the overall thesis of the film is deconstructing patriarchy, family structures, gender, sexuality, and a lot of things that we speak about these days. I could be wrong in that assessment, but that's like what that was the feeling that I got. And once that hit, I thought that was incredibly interesting. Okay, I think I see what you mean now. Yeah. Um, no, I think you're right about those being like the themes of the film for sure. But yeah, like, oof. But you don't get that till the last like five minutes, I feel like. And then the movie's over and you're like, wait, what just happened? Well, I don't know because the care, like, Emma. Right, the the protagonist here, the dan- the young dancer, um, she's terrible. Yeah, she's a terrible person. Absolutely. And I don't think the film wants us to think that she's not. I think there are moments where um, 
she evokes sympathy, but like, because her actions, like the, the past that she's dealing with in the film is so complicated. I think that the end is not as cut and dry because it's also coming from a person that like the audience has not, I don't think had any sympathy toward. So I don't know if the, the reaction that's supposed to be elicited is like a triumphant one mm-hmm. or like a revolutionary one. Like, I think it's one that's like very wrapped up in like the complicated feelings of like how you're supposed to feel about how she lives her personal life because the personal is the political here, I think. And I think it's like showing how like messy personal politics also leads to a, to, to a messy, you know, kind of public politics, a political politics. Yeah. I think that, you know, to set up the film, it's, 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 you know, and you get this from the very beginning that it's about this couple that adopted a child and we kind of visit them right as they have given up their, the child that they adopted. And then we see this couple who are basically in a place where they blame each other so strongly for the place that they've gotten. And then from there, it's just a systemic deconstruction that again, they even, there's even a part where they call themselves anarchists Mm -hmm. in the film, Mm -hmm. like inadvertently, like not directly. They Mm -hmm. don't say we are anarchists, but they say an anarchist like burnt this car or whatever. (laughs) And I think that it's a, a, it's a film that you could go back and like revisit maybe like Godard, right? When he was getting into Maoism, how they were kind of trying to deconstruct cinema in a very, and mix in their politics in a very messy way. And I found that that pretty, I found that very interesting, but I think that maybe there was less of a grasp on like political structures here. Yeah. But I'd say, it's not quite as passive as that when it comes to Emma, though. It's not just that what has happened to her affects other people. She's also like steering the lives of the people around her. Like it goes beyond. That's what I think is so like interesting about the character. Mm-hmm. Yes, horrible things have happened to her and she's a very damaged person, but she is also like actively going continuing way, to do horrible things, <laughs> going way out of her way to do even worse things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to destroy. Yeah, to destroy. See, and I think for me, the thing about Emma as a character, I don't think she has values. <laughs> and I don't mean this in like a, like a, she's, she's bad or she's good, but like, I really don't think that Emma as a character has like a, like a moral, like a clear moral center, right? She vacillates between these different poles. And so for me, like any political statement she may or may not be making at the end of this film is superficial, right? Because she's, she is a like in her life as a dancer, she's about performance. And for me, the end feels more performative and like gestural and beautiful rather than like in like a, like a sincere political statement because she's not sincere. She's not sincere about anything in the whole film, really. (laughs) Like you think that she is, and then she immediately 
undercuts that with things that she do she she does or things that she says to other people or the way she relates to them. So like I think being too straightforward about that ending is taking Emma at like the character at face value hmm. that I don't think the director wants us to. Yeah. Because she is terrible. Yeah, and I think that's <laughs> yeah, the problem is... that I'm having is like separating this character who I genuinely believe wants to burn the world down and manipulate everyone around her and consistently contradicts herself. But like that's the thing. Like I don't even know if she sincerely wants to burn the world down. Like I don't think yeah. she sincerely wants anything. That's true. I, I mean, think she right. is anarchy. She is chaos. Yeah. Like it ha- she has no but like not not d- anarchy. Drives, yeah, driving not, motivation. But not anarchy in the in the sense of like what anarchy is, which is like you know. No, but like in, in like the a political pure, sense, like but in a chaos. pure anarchic sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um and and I guess like my point is that I'm having a hard time like understanding and thinking that the filmmaker is trying to say something that's like misguided. And this character who I just think has no values, like you said, I don't think she's trying to say anything because she just manipulates everyone around her. Um, And it's very obvious with, you know, her husband, like within one scene, she's like, I hate you. You're the worst person. And then the next scene, she's like, you know, loving and I love you. Don't leave me. You're the love of my life. Exactly. And it's like, Mm -hmm. literally like it's, it's not subtle. There's barely, there's not much subtlety here. <laughs> and I like that. And I think that's the thing that makes it complicated for me is because I, I enjoy that. And yet to film. me, nothing's at face value. Of course. Yeah. Right. Like they make these statements that you're like, oh, that's clearly what they feel. That's obvious. But it's, it's not, <laughs> it's not at all. They just I'll make say- these gestures that have no meaning. It, this is also taking place in Chile, which like I'm not a you know expert on Chilean politics, but there is something to be said about that anger that younger people harbor. And I think it's true. It's true right, here even too. here, even here. Right. Like, I think there are plenty of people who would be like the way these youths are expressing their politics is wrong. Um, and I think it comes off that way because I think Emma lacks moral clarity. I think if you knew exactly what she stood for, like it would maybe be less. Well, I I think that's my I think that's my point in some way is because I think that in societies where we're so siloed and people lack ideas about a, a class awareness or like ideas about political structures or how we operate within societies that when we're so siloed on our phones and everything feels so messy and I feel like this is like the thing that I'm like, am I just the old guy or like, or, you know, but I look at it and it, and it's scary to me because I feel like that is a prominent reactionary politics that's happening with like younger people. And now it's not just like angry white dudes. It's like all kinds of people who don't have, um, a sense of history or a sense of, um, community or societal interactions. I don't know. It's interesting. But isn't that exactly you're like, you just described Emma though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what I'm saying is like, uh, that's the thing in the film that, uh, you know, that, that irks me out. Yeah. But then isn't it perfectly diagnosing? Yeah. 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 You're right. <laughs> what happens to these people? Right. And then it, it's not so much whether you agree with her actions. It's 
like, yeah, like, what do you expect from a person who's been traumatized, who's underpaid, right? Who's just like really living this bohemian lifestyle in a city that doesn't really cater to that, right? Living in artists in like a metropolitan city in South America. Okay, you're like, right. Yeah. Yeah. You just... I mean, maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's the point. <laughs> you just changed your mind. Like you're exactly right. You're like, sometimes a film doesn't have to have a message. You're just like diagnosing a problem. And maybe that's what this film is doing. And I think that it did a really good job because it made me think of that through the whole film. And it made me mad and scared and, and a little bit depressed. And I, yeah, because I think that this is a prominent ideology everywhere yeah and i think that that is i don't know i feel like mad and scared and a little depressed like describes how her partner relates to her right how kyle garcia bernal's character relates to her like he's kind of scared of her and worried about her and just deeply sad that he can't that she won't let him love her and that she won't love the son that they adopted and acknowledge that he is her son. Mm-hmm. He's so good in this. He's always so good. I love him. Uh, and he looks gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> He's so handsome. He's a good looking guy. <laughs> All right. Well, I think Diana changed her mind. I will definitively say I love this film. You're right. All right. What should people watch with Emma? So I wanted to recommend a movie about, uh, so this is, this character is not, there are similarities between this character and Emma, but I will not say that they are similar women, similar characters, but I thought of a film called Wanda, which is a, I want to say 1978 film by Barbara Loden. Mm -hmm. Maybe I have the year wrong there, but it's about, um, uh, a woman it's, uh, it follows her very closely as she drifts through various experiences. Yeah. 1970. 1970 is the year on Wanda. Thank you. Um, Yeah, and she is um, an extremely passive person who just sort of like things just wash over her and happen to her, and she just kind of goes along with the flow into increasingly dangerous and um, sad situations. Um, It is a beautiful movie of a sort of beautiful movie, it is a challenging watch as well. Um, I think it's a movie that is increasingly important in film history and you see referenced more and more, which is a great thing. Um, and I think it's, yeah, it's another challenging watch, but another extremely rewarding film. So that's Wanda by Barbara Loden. Um, my recommendation is going to be uh, another difficult film revolving around dance called uh, Climax by the French director Gaspar Noé. Um, I saw this uh, at the Toronto Film Festival the year before Emma came out. And it's uh, a lot of dancers are kind of in this empty building rehearsing for a show. um, And then they realize that they've all been drugged. And so the whole thing is like this LSD trip for an hour and a half. It is an assault on your senses. It is also gorgeous, like, I think really rivals the dance scenes in Emma, like very similarly, like uses the color red and like is shot with these, like all these beautiful close-ups of the dancers. Um, But it is intense and was another one of these films that 
I was watching and I was like, can I sit through this whole thing? And yet somehow I did. I could not stop watching it as much as part of me wanted to because visually, sonically, it is very intense. Um, So if you want a crazy experience, watch Climax um, 2018. Now, let's say maybe the thesis from this film I was like kind of putting on the filmmaker, but I think the thesis of this film I will put on Gaspar Noe because <laughs> I think he is a, I think he is a reactionary libertarian I mean, yeah, disguised as an anarchist. This could be Larain's <laughs> Noe yeah, film. Totally. Like, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but, you know, I keep seeing his movies, so I don't know what that says about me, but um, I haven't seen Climax yet, though, so. I thought I was done with him, but maybe I will give it a watch just to see those dance scenes. Because as Diana and I talked about in the last, well, not the last episode, because that was Green Knight, but the one before that, uh, um, Can You Bring It? I love a dance film. So, mm-hmm. but that's I kinda, a good one. It has such good, like, dance solos in it. Yeah, I kind of wanted, I was originally going to recommend Suspiria, but just because of surface level, like, like, both Suspirias, I love both of them. I like the remake. I know a lot of people don't like it. I thought the remake cinematography wise was just so gorgeous. So like I love I it, it even just for that surface level reason. <laughs> um I think Dakota Johnson is just really good in everything she does. So um but my suggestion, I'm kinda going a very different way. Something that's like building back some of the structures, but I'm recommending Harlan County, USA. <laughs> by Barbara Koppel, just a documentary about, you know, a bunch of really angry, poor folks who got together and built unions and fought for collective rights for each other. Um, very different film. It's a documentary, but it's incredibly engaging. It's one of the classic documentaries and it's one of the best documentaries about workers' rights that I've seen. So definitely Harlan County, USA. Emma is now playing at the Filmstream's Dundee Theater. For KIOS, I'm Joshua LeBure. For Filmstream's, I'm Patrick Kinney. And for Filmstream's, I'm Diana Martinez. 